You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. So here's something really interesting about Detroit. Um, well, first of all, they're last in yards allowed on third down. And by the way, that's Daniel's wheelhouse. Again, like I said, like he's not wowing anyone with 300, 350-yard passing games or three, three touchdowns. Um, but he does move the chains when he needs to. But here's something really interesting about Detroit. They've won their last two games. But in both those games, they've been outscored in yards. So the Green Bay Packers put up more yards against them combined, rushing and receiving. The, the Bears put up a ton more yards than the Detroit Lions, again, rushing and receiving. But Green Bay, three interceptions by Aaron Rodgers and uh, a very untimely pick six by Justin Fields is what decided the win for the Detroit Lions in both those games. And as I said, Daniel Jones, only two interceptions on the season. Uh, this team is not turning the ball over, and therefore why I like, I, I like the Giants, okay? Um, here's something really interesting for you Jets fans out there. I like to do a dive into the officiating and, and how the officiating crews play a role in, in regard to matchups. So um, the, the ref... That, uh, that that's going to be calling, that's going to be overseeing the Patriots-Jets uh, game is Carl Sheffers, okay? And um, he is, so, so a few things. Number one, the Jets are first in roughing the passer penalties. They're number one in the league in roughing the passer penalties. And 80% of the penalties of roughing the passer for them are called on the road, Okay. This officiating crew, they are third in the league with the most penalties called on roughing the passer. And also, they're top five in unnecessary roughness. And this officiating crew, the, the Jets are number one in roughing, in, in unnecessary roughness. And the Jets are also number one in pass, in, in roughing the passer penalties. And this officiating crew is one of the one of the worst in that they call those penalties a lot. So keep that in mind. The officiating crew does not bode well for the Jets in regard to the the penalties that they typically have have been flagged for, especially on the road. Here's another one for you. The Patriots are the least penalized team at home. The least penalized team at home. And the Jets they average eight penalties a game on the road. That's, that's, like, that's pretty much a whole football field. That's, a, that's the length of a whole football field. That's pretty much, you're, throw in three points, possibly seven points there. Home teams under um, Carl Sheffers and his officiating crew are 23 and 14 on the season. They win at 63%. So just, I, I just, I find, anyway, I, I find that kind of stuff interesting. Uh, by the way, this portion of the show is brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Uh, get the best app you can, and that's BetMGM. Now you're winning with the king of sportsbooks. Please bet responsibly. Uh, let's go to your calls, 800-919-3776. Let's go to Goldie in New Jersey. Goldie, you're up. Welcome in. Anita, how you doing? Great show. Uh, and... I always love calling in and, and listening to your perspective, but I was on hold for longer time 
then Tom Brady has been untouched in the pocket. (laughs) So, yeah, I want to talk about the Jets. Uh You know, this is reminiscent to me of when the Cowboys and Niners in the 90s finally stepped up and kind of smacked Jerry and, and, um, you know, Joe Montana and Steve Young or whatever around. And, And it was kind of changing of power. The Jets, I live in Demarest, New Jersey. Everyone here is a Jet fan for some reason. They're rabid, and we all feel that this is the week the Jets go on the road, smack the tar out of New England in New England, and then there's a whole new narrative. So I feel like Salah, whatever, Robert Salah, has them firing like it's a new culture, like they believe they can win. And I'm just pumped to finally see the Jets be the windshield and not the bug. And I want to hear your thoughts on that, please. Yeah, Goldie, uh, you know, I, I and, and I, I said it when I opened up the show, you know, this this could be, this game could be a game changer for this organization. This game, this game could be a game changer for Zach Wilson. And again, I'm not sitting here saying that Zach Wilson, listen, the Patriots have a top three defense in the NFL as well, people, okay? Um, you know, the offense has been struggling this season. Again, I just don't think Matt Jones just does not sit. Josh McDaniels, of course, he leaves. He goes to, uh, to to Las Vegas. This offense does not sit Mac does not fit Mac Jones well. Offense is struggling. So to me, the play here is the under. <clears throat> but you know, if Zach Wilson could just not turn the ball over, don't throw a pick, dude. I, I, Jets could win. I just I, I need to see it before I can believe it. But I, I I think that that there is there is a good opportunity here. Let's go to Buddha in the Bronx. Buddha, you're up. Welcome in. Hey, Auntie Anita, happy Thanksgiving. God bless you and your Thank extended you. family. You too. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much. Right back. All right, listen, with the Jets, I got a micro and a macro point. You know, in the micro, obviously, not only a winnable game, must-win game for a lot of different reasons. Um, I would like to see Elijah Moore get back involved in the mix. I mean, punishment time needs to be over if that's what's going on. And, you know, the only criticism I have of the coaching staff this year, really, is just accountability is something, you know, it needs to be like peanut butter spread all over the whole bread. And that needs to include the quarterback. They baby him. But meanwhile, you know, other people are in doghouses and things like that. You know, that kind of rubs me a little bit, you know, the wrong way. Now, in the micro level, I mean, the macro level, um, you were talking, and I heard Mike T talk about this before. In terms of, you you know, you like Daniel Jones. I've always liked Daniel Jones, too. I mean, he did have his problems with the turnovers and the injuries, but he seemed like he's rectified that. And, you know, I keep hearing all this stuff about, you know, Jimmy G next year if Wilson doesn't work out. You know, there's a reason why Shanahan wanted to move on from Jimmy G. It's not that he's not a decent player, but this league requires a quarterback to be a dual threat now, you know, to have the legs and the arm. He doesn't have any legs. Daniel Jones, to me, is a better throw of the football than uh, Garoppolo. And he has legs, and he's six foot five. So, you know, if young Wilson doesn't turn it around, I think the Jets, and I know it takes a lot, you know, to admit when you've made a mistake, but I think the Jets really need to not just look at a mistake in terms of Wilson being the number two pick, which was an awful pick. I don't care what anybody says. But in terms of the quarterback, you've had two quarterbacks you drafted. You drafted Sam Donald to be a savior. He was appropriately drafted where he was. He just was poorly coached and got the career beat out of him. And, you know, he wasn't the greatest quarterback either. So maybe if you sign a Daniel Jones, if the Giants don't want him, it seems like the Giants fans don't appreciate him at all. 
if the Giants don't want him or they want to lowball him with pay, I would take him for two to three years, and then maybe the Jets could do the thing that I've always wanted them to do. The team is relevant now. When the team is relevant, you sign a veteran quarterback to keep it afloat, to get it as far as he can get it, and then maybe you draft a guy late first round, second round, actually have him develop and win the job. They just give these jobs to these young guys that are not ready for it. I mean, you know, the definition of sanity is to repeat the same thing over and over again. Can we try something new there? Yeah, but here's – and Buddha, thanks for the phone call. Uh, thank you for your kind words. You know, it's when, when you draft a quarterback, um, when you draft a quarterback in the first round, let alone you draft a quarterback in, in the top five, top ten, you know, teams that, teams that are drafting in the top ten, they're drafting the top ten for a reason. Uh, number one, they either – they're just god-awful. Or number two – uh, they worked out some kind of trade, and the team that they traded with is god-awful, so they got that pick. Um, but if, if you're sticking with that pick and you're going with a quarterback, especially in the top five, that quarterback better start, like, now. Like, now. Like, you know, top five players that you draft in the NFL, in, in the NFL and you could argue top ten, but I, let's just, for, for, for to be safe, let's just say the top five players you draft in the NFL – like, those five players have to be immediate impact players. Or trade, if they're not, trade down. If they're not, trade down. So, you know, where, where the Jets drafted Zach, um, you know, I think it just, it, 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 it kind of, it, it forced them into the situation. Um, you know, it's, I, look what's going on with the 49ers, you know. Do you really? It, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence was not ready to start this year, and if he didn't get injured, they wouldn't have made the move to go back to Jimmy Garoppolo. But they did because he got injured. But he wasn't ready. Jimmy Garoppolo gives them a better chance to win. But but because of not only where they drafted Trevor Lawrence, but what they gave up to get up there and get him. <laughs> Whoa. So. That's a big reason why a lot of these quarterbacks that aren't necessarily ready um, are starting when they are. So, um, quick break. We come back. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm in, in full full transparency. I don't watch a minute of soccer ever, ever. But I am all in on the World Cup. I mean, all in. And I spent this week, I probably spent a good five to six hours this week doing a deep dive, um, researching, you know, because of course I'm going to gamble on it. <laughs> um, but uh, we've, got, we've got a great podcast um, with J.J. Duvaney, uh, as well as Andrew Gunling, uh, former producer of The Michael K Show. And so these two dudes have been at it for years, since I've been here at ESPN. And they've got one of the best... Um, soccer podcast on Spotify called caught offside. And it's, it's one of the best soccer podcasts. And so I asked JJ Duvaney to do a little uh, preview for the world cup. First game is tomorrow. And uh, at, at 11 AM is Qatar going up against Ecuador. And then uh, the Miami, uh, the Miami, the United States, they play Monday afternoon. I want to say the game starts at two. So, uh, so JJ and I do a, a nice, a nice preview. Um, and so when we get back, I'll play that for you next right here on 98.7 ESPN.
You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm going to be betting all over this World Cup, starting, of course, tomorrow, runs through Christmas, the holidays. Man, can't wait. So J.J. Devaney uh, joins us, and, of course, uh, him and Andrew Gunling, uh, they've got an excellent soccer podcast on Spotify called Caught Offside. Let's talk about Group B. That's where the USA is going to be playing against England, Iran, as well as Wales. JJ, who do you have coming out of this? The USA, they don't have to win per se. A win would be fantastic. A win would be half the work done. Then another point should get them through out of the uh, probably the Iran game or, or a win again. Six points certainly would bring them through. But they cannot lose to Wales on Monday. They simply can't do that. Yeah, their first game is Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern time, just FYI. By the way, you could wager that Iran finishes last in this group at minus 120, which means you're laying $120 down to win 100, just FYI. Also, the United States and Wales over under two and a half. I like the under here as well. Like, you know, in, in, in one thing that, you know, I, I understand and I've been reading uh, about the United States team is that they just they play a very slow, slow play, slow pace, methodical. Um, you know, they don't have a lot of like, you know, uh, strikers that are out there that are scoring at will. So would you say that that would be a good wager for this U.S. Wales Matchup the I mean, under the under I mean, at two and a half. Yeah, maybe because I, I, I the problem for the U.S. has been that center forward position. Uh, do they have an out and out uh, number nine a striker? Uh, we're hearing all sorts of rumors out of the camp that maybe it could be uh, Tim Weah, who's more of a wide player, a wide attacker playing centrally. Um, so yeah, and they don't. I mean, not lately. They haven't really scored a ton of goals, so maybe that's a good bet. I, I do think that it's going to be a close game between them and Wales. A two-one, one way or the other, could be could decide this one. It could be two-one Wales, two-two-one to the U.S. Um, I fancy the U.S. to win it though. 
Um, they'll play on the front foot. They know this is the game that they have to get off to a good start in. It'll be a low-scoring possible... Uh, uh, you know what? I'm going to say the U.S. win it 2-1. Okay, so 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 then you like the over in that matchup, not the under. Um, again, J.J. Devaney joining us. Uh, he has... Uh, him and Andrew Gunling has a phenomenal soccer podcast called Caught Offside. You could download it, listen to it on Spotify. Make sure you do that, especially throughout the World Cup. All right, let's take a look at Group C, Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, as well as Poland. Um, who, do you, who do you have advancing in this group? I mean, Argentina are the class of the group there. There's, uh, there was a simulation done by EA Sports that uh, has Argentina going on all the way to the final and winning. They're in great form. Their talisman, Messi, has never been happier. He was a pretty unhappy figure at the 2018 World Cup. We all remember those pictures of him. In the uh, when the national anthem is being played, he looks completely daunted and emotionally not in the right place. That's changed. They've won Copa America in 2021, so they they feel like a team that's that's together uh, much more than they were the last time. So that's Argentina, and then again, Mexico, who uh, didn't exactly turn uh, you know rip up any trees in qualifying. They came out of the U.S. group. Uh, Canada, you know. Um, were their main rival, really. It was, it was Canada, the U.S., and Mexico coming out of CONCACAF there in those top three spots. But Mexico, we're not sure about them. Tremendous pressure under Tata Martino. And then Poland have the Lewandowski factor, one of the best strikers uh, in the world um, from Barcelona, formerly of Bayern Munich. So it's really Argentina, number one. And I really don't know, is it going to be Mexico or Poland to take that second spot? There's a part of me says that Mexico are undercooked and uh, that they're going to struggle. And I think that Poland may slip in there in the second spot. Well, how about this? You could wager that Argentina is going to finish first in the C group and Poland second in the C group at plus 175. And so that's where my money is riding. Let's look at Group D. I think that's a good one. I, th- I think that's probably the best bet that I've, I've thrown out there tonight. Um, all right. Uh, you've got Group D with uh, France, Australia, Denmark. Um, and, and, of course, as we know, France defending champions, the most complete roster um, from everything that I'm reading. But Denmark potentially could be a sleeper as well. Um, obvi- is it just obvious France is going to advance from Group D? Uh, it's obvious. It feels obvious that France and Denmark, but I'm not as sh- I'm not as confident. I think pr- maybe two weeks ago, three weeks ago, uh, you would have said, "Well, the French will will finish." Well, certainly in the summer, you would have said, "Looking forward," you would have said the French are going to finish one, the Danes are going to finish two. But France's midfield, which helped them win the World Cup in 2018 in Russia, of N'Golo Kanté and Paul Pogba, that's not going to be there. Both players are injured. They won't travel. They're not part of the squad. And it makes you wonder about the makeup of that French midfield, which was so important in winning in 2018. And then you look at Denmark's record in the Nations League against France, and they have, uh, they've been a, a thorn in the French side. They've beaten them. So the Danes are a, a, they're a different prospect. They have Christian Eriksen, who recovered from that terrible cardiac event at Euro 2021 when he nearly died on the field. He's back now and he's playing absolutely fantastically for Manchester United. So I, I have a sneaky suspicion and uh, as good as France are, the Danes could tip them to number one and it could be France number two. But 
I mean, it's going to be France and Denmark coming out of it. It's a weak Australian team. And Tunisia, I have it on good authority from, uh, from the BBC uh, African football uh, correspondent um, that it's not really going to be Tunisia that does uh, any damage this year. So it's going to be probably France 1, Denmark 2, and then Australia and Tunisia making up the rest. But Denmark have a real chance in this group to, to, uh, to upset the apple cart with France at least. I just have about three minutes left in the segment, and I know we've got four more groups to go through, so, so let's, let's rip through them. Group E, right, okay. obviously Spain, Costa Rica, Germany, Japan, Spain on paper second best team uh, in, in this tournament. Um, is, that how you, is that who you have advancing in E? Yes, in, in E, Anita, let's be brief. It's going to be Spain 1, uh, Germany 2. Uh, Japan are a good side, and they'll cause trouble for both Germany and Spain in the way that they pass and move the ball. But it's going to be tough for them to sneak in there in the second spot. So it's Spain 1, Germany 2 to advance from that group. All right. In looking at Group F, Belgium, Canada, Morocco, Croatia, Croatia, uh, just a very, you know, gut-wrenching loss, of course, came in second last year. But, uh, you know... I, who do you, who do you have coming out of this group? Belgians are an aging side, but they're still they're still ranked number two in the world. They're, it's Belgium and Croatia. It's a possibility that Canada sneaks in there um, because of their youth and because of their pace and the, uh, that they have in the side. Alfonso Davies in particular, but I think the safe bet is to go with Belgium one, Croatia two. Okay. And then, uh, and then we're looking at Group G, uh, Brazil. This is what they're born for, is to play soccer. As we know, Switzerland, Cameroon is in this group as well. I, I mean, should we even spend time talking about Group G? Is it just, is it just innately going to be Brazil, JJ? I think, I think it's going to be Brazil, and I, I really like the Serbs. I saw them uh, at first hand in World Cup qualifying. I think it's going to be Brazil 1, Serbia 2. Why, really quick, tell me why Serbia 2. Um, Serbia, you know, it depends on fitness, but Serbia have a, a, a strike force, a potential strike force in Alexander Mitrovic of Fulham from the Premier League. They've got uh, Vlavic from Juventus. They've got Sergei Milinkovic-Savic in midfield. And they've got Dusan Tadic from Ajax. That is quality in the attack. And they're a better team than people give them credit for. And they'll, they'll cause problems uh, for Switzerland and Cameroon. Group H, our final group. Portugal, of course, deep roster. Ronaldo, everybody knows him. Ghana, Uruguay, South Korea. Um, who's advancing from G? I mean, I'm sorry, who's advancing from H? Who's advancing from H? Yeah, I stick my neck out here, and I'm going to say coming out of, of H is uh, Uruguay. Ooh. And it's either Ghana or South Korea. I have a feeling that Portugal might miss out. That, that's the way I feel right now. So for me, it's Uruguay 1, Ghana 2. Lots of people are going to bet Uruguay or uh, Portugal to top the group or they're going to have them finish in second. I'm not so sure about that. Okay, so um, let's end with who do you have winning this whole damn thing? <laughs> the whole damn thing, the whole shooting match. Uh, right now, I think for me, it's between... I, I, I have had brackets that has Spain winning it, uh, but... I think my heart and my head says Brazil are going to take it, Anita. Um, the firepower they have up front, uh, they have a very solid midfield, an excellent goalkeeper, and a back four that should be good enough to carry them all the way through. Uh, Brazil for me. So Brazil for you, but Spain potentially could pull the upset. Oh, definitely. And, uh, and, and Spain have been developing all along. They were dreadfully unlucky to, you, to lose 
the European Championship in 2021 to Italy, to the eventual eventual winners, Italy. Um, Spain are a better team um, than a lot of people realise, but do they have the gold power up front? I'm not sure about that. JJ, you rock as always. Uh, love, love your voice and love your insight, and we so appreciate you breaking this down for us. Can't wait, as Bart Scott likes to say, the World Cup has <laughs> arrived. It is your time to shine, my friend. JJ Devaney joining us again. Great podcast all about soccer, leading you from now all the way through the end of the World Cup. Make sure you check it out on Spotify. It's called Caught Offside. Uh, thank you so much, JJ. Oh, thanks for having me, Anita. It's always a pleasure to be on with you. So um, you could bet Brazil's going to win at uh, at plus 350. You could bet Brazil or Spain are going to win at plus 225. I do like the United States getting out of uh, get qualifying um, out of Group B, which is minus 105. Uh, and then you can anticipate that they will not make it past round 16 at 2 to 1. Um, this is, uh, of course, this portion of the show brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Get the BetMGM app today. Now you're winning with the king of sports books. Please bet responsibly. Gentlemen, before we started the show, or, or I think in a break, you were telling me that there's some, uh, there's some shady business going on with the first match with Qatar in, in, uh, in Ecuador. Yeah, so the story is, is that Ecuador is being bribed, or at least some of their players are being bribed upwards of like more than $7 million to basically throw the game and um, basically concede a goal in the second half and lose by 1-0. And um, it's... who's re- but, Okay, so who's... First of all, who's reporting this? Like, who is... Are there like a number of, of outlets that are, re- that are reporting this? Who's reporting The this? reports have been growing uh, uh, since the story came out. Um, there's been... Journalists, I had a tweet on this, but um, if I can get you the the guy that did the the reporting on this, it was basically it came out of nowhere and it's kind of shady and weird that it would come out now. But given how Qatar uh, won the votes to uh, to get this and host this, yeah, it's uh, it's a bit shady. Let me see if I can find it for you here. But yeah, I'm surprised that it came. Uh, Amjad Taha. A-M-J-A-D-T-A-H-A. He reported this. Um, he's an, he's a political affairs expert and a strategic expert as well. And um, he said that Qatar bribed eight Ecuadorian players $7.4 million to lose the opener. Uh, five Qatari and Ecuador's insiders confirmed this. And the hope is that this does not come to fruition, that hopefully it's just a, a clean game and whoever wins, wins fair and square. It, it better not. <laughs> it, there's, so, there's already wow. so much behind the scenes stuff and so many like rules that have drawn criticism already to, just before a, a ball's even dropped, before the ceremonies happened. Yeah, uh, anybody who's seen the documentaries or docuseries and how this came to be and what's going on with the migrant workers and all that, it's, it's a lot. It's pretty bad stuff. I just found out last night, no beer at the stadium. What? No beer at the stadium during a World Cup? Are you kidding me? Anyway, uh, we get back. Uh, we have Joe Wiz. He's got his own gambling show here on 98.7 ESPN. We'll talk to him next here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. How you doing, Joe? 
Everything's going good, Anita. Everybody's waiting for these big dogs out there. There's a lot of upsets happening. Navy just upset Central Florida. Michigan's in trouble, and it's more coming down. Yeah, I, uh, I've, I've got to play on TCU minus one and a half, and, uh, and, and Baylor is up on them 27 to 20 right now. So uh, the, that's, that's no bueno. Uh, but nonetheless, let's start in college uh, before we do go into pro and, uh, and big game tonight, USC and UCLA going at it. USC trying to keep their playoff hopes alive. UCLA looking to play spoiler. Um, what I find interesting about this, this matchup is that uh, both defenses are deficient in what both offenses of the opponents do exceptionally well. So I love the over here at, I want to say, what is it? Is it still at like 72 and a half, something like that? I like Actually, the over in this matchup. Actually, it's up to 76, Anita. You're hedging your bet there. It's, down, oh. it's up to 76. <laughs> yeah, I got it. I got it at 72 and a half. So, um, so this, is, this is why you, you jump on these lines early. Nonetheless, what's your play here? Yeah, when you look at it here, uh, a lot of people that listen to my show this morning, which airs on uh, at 7 a.m. here on 98.7, were asking me about the big underdog because I promoted one, and this is it. So I told everyone to tune into the show to get the big dog. We're going with the UCLA Bruins. I feel the wrong team is favored here. I mean, uh, Trojans last week, uh, they knocked off Colorado. UCLA was clearly looking ahead to this game. Uh, they were favored by 20 over Arizona last week, and they lost the game outright 34-28. to but um, I think the wrong team's favorite here. I like the Bruins here. I've been riding them most of the season. And um, I think that Chip Kelly and uh, running back Zap Charbonnet's going to get the job done here. Neither team has a defense. I do agree it's going to be a high-scoring affair. But um, if there's any indication of what happened last year, usually they blew them out. And I expect a close game. But I expect the Bruins uh, plus the one and a half. I had Tuckham plus three earlier in the week. That line is down. And I wouldn't be surprised if it goes down further. But I like the Bruins to knock off Lincoln Riley and those Trojans. Wow. Wow. I'm excited for this matchup. I am. I'm excited to watch it. That's for sure. Um, uh, Mississippi going up against Arkansas. What's your play here? Yeah, when you look at the Mississippi, uh, you know, they took uh, Alabama right to the wire last week, right? Getting all those points at home, and they didn't get the job done. Now Lane Kiffin's going to have to travel down to Fayetteville to take on Arkansas. And Arkansas gave LSU all they could handle last week, and they just lost by a field goal, and they didn't even have their quarterback in. And right before I came on the air with you, checked it out. Kate Jefferson is going to be the quarterback for Arkansas. That's a big play for me. I'm going with the Arkansas Razorbacks who need this game. Right now they're 5-5 five and five and need, to be, need this game to become both eligible i'm taking the hogs here i don't think that uh i, I just think that arkansas mississippi is not going to be able to recover after that loss to uh alabama last week i like arkansas who has played well in the series what's the line what's the line you're playing right now we have the line at arkansas plus one and a half it's a very small line um arkansas plus one and a half i don't think the line will be a factor i'm taking arkansas i'm expecting to win the game as i am ucla you Texas and Kansas, what's your play here? Yeah, it's another game. It's amazing. I find these games in either with all these questionable quarterbacks here. But Kansas, I've been on them all season long as well. And uh, Texas has been a big disappointment this year, right? After that opening week when they almost beat Alabama and their quarterback viewers got knocked out. Uh, and Texas' biggest win came against Oklahoma when they went 48 nothing. But uh, Kansas is a live home dog here. I think he's getting nine. And same thing, Jalen Daniels, who's been out for a couple of weeks. I don't trust Texas as a big favorite. They're laying nine in this game here. I think this game's going to be a high score 
scoring affair. He needed the totals at 63, but I do like Kansas as a better play here, plus the nine, uh, especially with Daniels if uh, he's going to be in the, in the lineup. And uh, I've just checked online, and he is a game-time decision, but they are leaning towards him playing. So with Jalen Daniels um, is the play with Kansas to get the cover. And they've covered five straight against Texas, so don't be afraid to take the home dog and gaze KU plus the nine. Again, Joe is joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. He's got his own gambling show. You'll be able to it's a.m. tomorrow morning. Make sure you do that. And let's talk about some NFL games right here in our own backyard. You've got the Giants at home going up against the Detroit Lions. They're favored by three. A lot of people a little scratching their head. Like, why is it only three? What's going on here? What's your play? Well, when you take a look at it, the Giants are favored by three, and they're obviously one of the biggest surprise stories, them and the Jets. Both of them are doing well. And the Giants, you know, the, when you take a look at the Lions, they have the second-worst rush defense in all of the NFL. The only team that has worst rush defense is the Texans, and you saw what Barkley did to the Texans last week, 152 yards. I think it's going to be a similar game plan here, um, but um, I prefer to take a look at the totals game here. Uh, I'm going over the total here. Um, the Lions put a ton of points on the board. They did it last week. They came back from behind, put a lot of points on the Bears. Even though the Giants are going to run the ball a lot, it's going to be cold and windy, but I still think the total here, um, I'm playing over the total between the Giants and the Lions. I think it's going to be a lot of points scored here. Over 45. Um, that's, uh, yeah, you listen, you're, the Giants very well could put up like 28, 30 points, right, um, against this Detroit Lions defense. So, okay, I, I could see it there. What about the Jets? The Jets getting three and a half on the road. In New England, Zach Wilson against Bill Belichick in that defense. Uh, what's what's your over-unders at 38? My play here is the under. Curious, what's your play? Yeah, it is amazing, Anita, that the Jets just cannot figure out a way to beat the Patriots. They've lost 13 in a row, and Zach Wilson... I'm sure he's not going to sleep well tonight. I mean, he's got to be tossing and turning, thinking about what kind of game plan has Bill Belichick got for him, planning for two weeks. I mean, Zach Wilson has seven interceptions in his last two starts against New England. With that all being said, I think this game's going to be very close. I'm taking the Jets plus the three and a hook. I'm getting the hook with the Jets. I think this is going to be a very close game here. No excuses for the Jets here. If there's ever a time to beat New England, I think the Jets' defense is better than New England's defense and the quarterbacks. If Zach doesn't make too many mistakes that's my only concern but i'm taking the jets plus the three and a half um in a very tight game i'm not sure if i'm going to call for the outright upset but i am taking the three and a half and if the jets if zach wilson anita i know it's a big question mark if he just just doesn't make any dumb mistakes and throw interceptions i think the jet defense could win the game for them yeah i i've been saying that all show i mean but that's a big if in in in, in capital letters of course in in, in bold print We'll see what happens. Uh, I know you're big into soccer. I'm not, but I am big into the World Cup, and I've been I've been doing a deep dive. I've been doing a lot of research. I probably spent anywhere between five to six hours this week uh, doing a deep dive into a lot of the futures bets out here. And uh, of course, first game is tomorrow. Qatar going up against Uruguay. I, I'm I'm sorry uh, against Ecuador. Are are you hearing about this report that um, that Qatar uh, is has uh, paid or is offered a few of the um, Ecuador players money to throw the game. Have you heard this? You hear rumors so often when it comes to this. And, you know, soccer – 
and overseas, there's a lot of scandals played all the time. And you got to remember, even this being played in Qatar is a big controversy because normally the World Cup is being played in the middle of the summertime. This is the first time it's being held at this time of the year. Um, so that's one aspect of it. I mean, just all the human rights issues going on with Qatar, I don't want to get into the negativity of it. But uh, yeah, I did hear of it, but I don't know how much uh, I'm, how much credence I'm putting into it. Um, and uh, so that, with that being said, with this matchup between Ecuador and Qatar. Um, you know, the unique thing about soccer, Anita, and you'll find this more as you follow the World Cup, is that you know, no matter who you take, like normally during football if you take one team or the other, one team is a favorite, one team is an underdog. And that's the same as, hot, as, as soccer, except like, for instance, Ecuador is plus 138 and Qatar is plus 245. So whoever you take in the matchup, you're getting a good ROI. Uh, I do like Ecuador in that matchup that uh, kicks off the World Cup, which goes off tomorrow uh, at 11 a.m. That's the first World Cup. Cup game and uh, the championship game will be being held on December 18th uh, in uh, in uh, Lucille Stadium out in, uh, so uh, out in uh, Lucille Cutter, which is a suburb of Doha. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I I'm with you. I I like Ecuador and I like the under, but you know, with these reports now, I'm I'm a little apprehensive to lay that. Of course, that game is at 11 a.m. tomorrow, but the United States does play Monday at two o'clock. They're going up against Wales. My play here is the under as well at two and a half. What's your play in this match? Yeah, Anita, but you know what's interesting with totals in soccer? You're going to be laying a lot of juice because the total, and we talk about this on the show, like if you play the unders and overs, it's normally in football, it's minus 110, just like you play the team. But uh, on the if you play the over with Wales and USA, you're getting plus 160. But if you're playing the under, you almost have to put up minus 200, almost two to one odds. So be careful with some of the people out there that are paying the totals. It's just not like a regular NFL total where you put up 110 to make 100. In soccer, these totals here, some of the games are really they know that they're going to be low scoring games and if you want to play the under you really have to pay the price there but here we go team usa anita hasn't been in the world cup for eight years they didn't make it to the last cut um i do like team usa to uh, get this game here plus 148 they're playing wales wales is plus 230 another soccer game where whoever you take you're getting a good ri usa plus 148 uh, it's an important game for them anita because on friday black friday they play against england it's gonna be a very tough game for them they'll be underdogs there and then the following two Tuesday, they play Iran. And USA wins this Wales game here. There's a good chance they could advance and will go to uh, the second round just getting one win. And this is a very winnable game and almost a must win because on Friday they're going to have a tough time uh, beating England. Uh, Joe, thanks so much. Really do appreciate it. Again, his show tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., bright and early right here on 98.7 ESPN, brought to you by Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Download the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app today. It's a whole new game. We come back last segment. We'll take your calls. 800-919-3776. We'll wrap it up right here on 90.7 ESPN.